0: This is the podcast by The Straits Times. Hi, I'm Olivia Quay
1: and I'm Harianto Diman. Welcome to The Straits Times, the Big Story podcast where we analyze key issues with our journalists and guest experts. Professor Theo Yeok Ying is here to weigh in. He's the Dean of the Swee Hawk School of Public Health at the National University of Singapore. Professor, what is your first reaction to today's announcements, a start date for phase three, and more details on the vaccines being distributed in Singapore?
2: Thanks for having me back. So it's definitely very positive news today. And again, important stream of communications to the public on what to expect and what's ahead. I think there are short-term developments and long-term planning that have been announced and I'm sure many of us will be focusing on the announcement on phase three and the transition to allow eight to come together for social gatherings. Perhaps some disappointment over the start date for phase three that it will not start before Christmas but only on 28th of December and onwards but this will happen before the start of new year and I'm sure that there are now plans to expand that new year gatherings that people will be having. What I do think is very important for us to focus on is actually the announcement on the plans to roll out the COVID-19 vaccines, because this is going to be one of the most important measures that will resolutely bring Singapore out of the many restrictions that still exist today, including some of the restrictions on overseas travel and that magical number eight in social gatherings. Vaccination aiming for as high an uptake as possible how it will initially be prioritised, and the fact that it will be free for everyone in Singapore, I think it's very clear. We ideally we want a return to pre-COVID normalcy, and the successful rollout and mass uptake of the vaccine will be a very powerful tool in allowing us to achieve that. So overall, very positive and uplifting announcement today.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll focus. Uh, we'll talk more about the vaccines later on, but let's focus on, you know, the relaxation of some of the measures as we go ahead into Phase 3. What do you make of it? Because, you know, throughout the whole year, you and other experts have described Singapore's reopening as calibrated, nuanced. So do you think the these uh, lifting of our measures are along those lines as well?
2: So exactly, because when we talk about calibration, we actually mean to determine the degree of restriction and relaxing, based on the risk of infection that we see in different settings and for different population groups. We see this in the way that Singapore puts together the different tiers of border control measures coming from some countries need to be quarantined for 14 days, some only seven days, and some countries actually do not require quarantine completely. So this relaxation from five to eight people have actually been in the air for quite some time. And it actually took us a little bit longer to reach this stage than many people anticipated. At this stage, I think the country feels confident about the ability to perform comprehensive contact tracing and quarantine. We have a strong capacity to run a broad range of COVID tests. Let's move on to allow a greater degree of social interactions and actually start the process of a gradual return to normalcy. However, while we are doing this, I think it's clear that we are still doing this very cautiously. That's why it's only 8, not 10, not 20.
1: Right. Uh, Professor, on that, uh, the authorities have cautioned that we have to expect and be ready for our community case numbers to rise as we enter phase three. But what is the threshold that we're talking about here? And if we do face another resurgence, uh, what are
2: the possible safety nets to contain the spread? So I don't actually think there is a threshold per se because In Singapore, it's never been just about the number of cases, but also how fast these cases are coming, where they are coming from, and whether we are able to properly perform the contact tracing and link the cases that are emerging. The safety nets that we have now, be it border control measures, public health measures such as mask wearing, social distancing, the sector-specific measures for sports, for workplaces, public spaces, parks and beaches, even nightlife activities, including the rostered routine testing, the screening of high-risk group, all of this are different layers of safety nets to make sure that we don't go through what we have seen in March and April, which is an accelerated spread within the community. All of this can still happen despite the measures, and I think that's why the Prime Minister, the Minister and DMS specifically emphasized we will still need to keep up the measures even as we start to roll out the vaccine.
0: We saw an explosion of cases in the foreign worker dorms a few months ago. What do you make of the measures and the vaccination plans for this population, for this group of the population for Phase 3?
2: So I'm very glad to hear that Singapore will allow a greater return to social activities for the foreign workers when we enter Phase 3. The rostered routine test for the foreign workers staying within the dormitories already is an effective safety net to quickly identify anyone who is infected. At the same time, every foreign worker now carries a token very similar to the Trace Together token. And this actually assists with contact tracing efforts. So with the announcement of the vaccination plan for all Singaporeans and holders of long-term work passes, this means that the foreign workers will also receive the vaccine. And I'm actually very pleased to hear this because it is a very distinctive recognition of the contributions by the migrant workers that, as a country, Singapore has taken an equitable, a sustainable approach towards delivering the vaccine to the individuals that need it most and will benefit most from it.
1: Right. Uh, and, Prof., a committee recommended that COVID 19 uh, vaccinations should be voluntary, mm. uh, which the government has accepted. Uh, pros and cons of it being voluntary as
2: opposed to making it mandatory? I think clearly making a vaccination voluntary respects the constitutional rights of individuals to decide whether they will take up the vaccine or they will not take up the vaccine. Some people may choose not to take the vaccine for different reasons. And actually a responsible government will offer that as a choice. The disadvantage of making it voluntary clearly is that the impact on the uptake of the vaccine. And if the uptake is not very high, This will have an impact on the strategies that the country can take to reopen the entire economy, including mass market travel, sports, nightlife, businesses, and other high-risk activities. For an infectious disease as infectious as COVID-19, we will need to reach a high target for the population to be vaccinated to achieve what we keep calling the herd immunity, which is to protect the population. And a voluntary vaccination scheme does mean it will perhaps take us a little while longer to reach this figure
0: see well phase 3 and the development and distribution of a vaccine those are signposts that the government has set and we will look and of course you know something that we're looking ahead to as well so now that we are at this stage what's next for 2021
2: well i certainly do hope that 2021 will be a year where we can return to large social gatherings in Singapore with as little restrictions on the type of activities that we can. But, uh, and, and also I hope that some degree of mass market travel will resume, especially between a selection of countries willing to mutually recognize not just the vaccination protocols, but also the testing protocols that Singapore will have. However, I do think that unrestricted travel to any or every country is unlikely to happen yet, given that we will need to come to a consensus on how to recognize who has been vaccinated, which vaccine, when, and how is this information even going to be made accessible when, for example, I travel overseas. So it will, however, take a while for the vaccine to be rolled out, not just in Singapore, but worldwide. So I do expect that many of the safe management measures that we have in place, including mask wearing, social distancing, will need to continue for a while, like what I mentioned earlier on. There will also be some uncertainties that I hope 2021 we will be able to resolve, such as understanding how long the vaccination will remain effective for and because this will actually have a real impact on global recovery. So overall, still some uncertainties and challenges ahead. But overall, I'm, I do think 2021 will look very promising. Right, Uh, Prof, just to round
1: up our discussion today, any final thoughts? Now, we're seeing several comments uh, on our live streams about whether masks are still needed when a vaccine becomes available.
2: What's your response to that? So, I do think that the rollout will take a while. So, even as we start to distribute the vaccine, not everyone will be vaccinated. So, we will continue to require our mask and some degree of social distancing. At the same time, if the vaccine does not confer long term or perpetual protection and we need repeated dosing and this information we don't know yet, uh, but we will need time to understand this more. So I think over for the next six to 12 months, I actually do think we will still be wearing our mask. So get your designer mask ready.
0: Well, Professor Teo, thank you so much for joining us today. We've been speaking to Professor Tio Yeging, Dean of the Sorcery Hawk School of Public Health at NUS.
1: Now, before we go, here's an update on today's COVID-19 case numbers. Five new cases were confirmed today, all imported and placed on stay-home notices when they arrived in Singapore. The Health Ministry will share more tonight.
0: That was an SBH podcast by the Straits Times.